We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy. And welcome in, welcome in, everybody. This is Broncos for Breakfast. I will be your host today, Scott Kennedy, and this is my co-host over on this side, Eric Trickle. Nick is off in the woods somewhere on some lottery-winning backpack trip, so drowning his sorrows in some cold creek or something like that as the Broncos have fallen <laughs> two to four. Two and four. Eric, how are you doing this morning? I know it is Broncos for, like, late dinner. I'm out too late and hitting the Waffle House uh, <laughs> at, at, at 5.30 in the morning in Alaska right now. I'm doing good. I'm being extremely tired. I'm partially convinced that Nick having me fill in in these morning shows is just his attempt to get me to like coffee. I actually have coffee this morning. I normally can't stand coffee, but uh, yeah, I mean, lucky for him, he got he watched the game. But lucky for him, he doesn't have to talk about this game for a little while at least because he's out enjoying a nice little hiking trip and because. This isn't a good game to be talking about. Well, I, uh, I, because it was late last night, I think I got a bet at, at bet at two Eastern. Uh, I'm a little late getting started, so I'm plunging live with my Lion Coffee from our friend Patrick over in Hawaii, who keeps us well caffeinated. Um, so check him out, LionCoffee.com. This is actually this isn't an ad. This is just a kind of a thanks to someone who who, who sent us some coffee. But this is the coconut roast. I had I was like I've been saving it. I'm like I'm not gonna like that. Oh <laughs> boy, was I wrong! Uh, and not only that, it's like I, I pour the grounds in like all the different garbage cans, just like in case anything is a little funky. The whole place smells like <laughs> toasted coconut. Love it. It's great. <laughs> On that note, there's some anger, and we're gonna get in here and uh, and and say hello to the chat real quick, and then I'm gonna get your first reaction. And then I want to hit on some of the newcomers. Um, there was a bunch of players, for the most part, making their debut with the team yesterday. And it wasn't all bad. You know, I, I, I titled this The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The result was ugly. Uh, the process looks bad. Um, but I'm a personnel guy. You know, I, I, I like to talk uh, players. And I saw plenty of good to talk about from an individual standpoint um, that we can get into um but gordon coming in here uh saying i wonder if peyton good morning gordon on youtube i wonder if he'll reconstruct uh wilson's contract nope extension hadn't been kicked in you're uh you're you're gonna be stuck with that one for a while guys don't give back money uh unless they could lose money because they're about to get cut um and that won't happen until year four 
uh, of this deal. So you're, you are married to Russell Wilson through this year and then three more. And then maybe, I think it's like a 50 million or it's like a 50 million, 30 something dead cap hit in year five, but it's a 50 million cap hit. So you'd save 20 million, but it'd still be a $30 million dead cap hit, Eric. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. I was looking at this morning. The first year they can get out of him, they save like only like eight million between the dead cap from cutting him and actually having him on the roster. But it's a so you're probably cap number. Yeah, you're probably looking at twenty. I think twenty twenty six is the first year because his twenty twenty five um, salary guarantees on the fifth day of twenty twenty four of that season. So that locks you in for another season. We're stuck with him. Like yeah. we're we're going to be stuck with him for a while, so you you got to hope and pray that he turns it around because his play the last couple of weeks has been terrible. It uh and and Corey says it starts starting to look better. Uh, you know, and good morning, Corey he says Wilson starting to look more like the QB expected at least. If we can play the Chargers this close at home, uh, this close at their home with all the injuries, then we can expect a good couple of seasons. Um, PS two fifth year plus tag. Uh, yeah, that'll. You get six years of control of PS2. Um, that's a good thing. He is a young guy, so you're talking about him entering as really his physical prime when he's coming out. That said, the there was a, a line I heard. I didn't particularly like this person, but he said a line that made a lot of sense that I've repeated on here uh, before. The first time I heard it was, the busted play is no basis for an offense. The only time the Broncos are making passing plays, other than a quick hitter, that they throw every once in a while is an improvisation from Russell Wilson as pressure breaks down. It's a busted play. That's it. That's it, Eric. There's no five-step drops, set your foot, throw and go. None. It's not happening. Just there's a multitude of reasons. You watch the all 22. Like I said, I'm a little bit more on the, on the personnel side of things. Uh, when I, as far as my interest goes, where I like to put my time into watching the games, how much of it is on the offensive line? How much is it on Russell Wilson? How much of it is it on the the scheming and getting the wide receivers open themselves? Do you think? I know that's a big question. I'll try you know try and keep it into a, a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean the passing offense, it's been luck and busted coverage, and a lot of it. And I know a lot of people want to point to the offensive line. The offensive line's not good. This isn't defending them by any means. But Russell Wilson has the high, one of the highest rates of self-brought pressures and sacks in the NFL among starting quarterbacks. And we see it happen a lot. And we saw it happen a lot last night. Just after the snap, he gets back. He finishes. He takes his one-step drop. And then he ducks like pressure's coming. And there's nobody near him. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it is self-brought pressure from him. That fortunately leads to broken coverage that Denver can at least make something happened from him but the offensive line they're not doing their part well enough consistently enough for it to for them to not have their fair share of the blame yeah i think some of it's being um a reflex i can't remember the word for it but you know you're twitchy you know you ever have older brothers or you know hang out with older kids and they hit on you all the time you know every time they'd like raise their hands you're flinching you know, I didn't have any older brothers, but I hung out with all older kids when I was, little. <laughs> you know, and every, every, you know, every time you turn around, you're getting one on the shoulder or something. So you're flinching all the time. He's going back there expecting to get hit, not expecting. He doesn't trust his pressure, his, his protection at all. And speaking of protection, 
Uh, Broncos country, if you're like me, you're probably increasingly getting more concerned about cybercrime with people stealing your private data and invading your privacy. I'm not tech savvy at all. I'm a little tech savvy, but that's why I now use NordVPN on all of my browsers, whether it's my desktop, tablet, laptop, or phone. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and NordVPN protects you as a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity. It's incredibly easy for me to use, which I, which means I don't have to be an MIT grad to figure it out. With just one click, I'm protected. It's very intuitive. With my NordVPN account, I can have up to six devices. That covers most of mine, I think. Protected. I no longer have to worry about hackers and malicious sites, pop-ups. For the price of a single cup of coffee per month, I have complete peace of mind knowing that my devices and data are protected. Broncos country, grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan plus four months for free. That gets you to the senior bowl. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash MHH to get four months free. All right, Eric, speaking of protection, I wanted to get into some of the newer players that had come in. Billy Turner... He's such uh, an albatross that they didn't even notice him in the first half because um, I was listening to the first quarter on the radio and he was in. But as soon as I got there in the second quarter, there's Billy Turner. Well, he comes out in the third and they're like, hey, here's Billy Turner taking his first snaps of the season. Like, no, he was in in the second quarter. <laughs> I guess that you didn't call his name was a good thing. But, you know, what do you think? Is there is there was it worth the wait? You know, do you, do you see an, an upgrade? Do you see some some help coming at the right tackle position? Well, hopefully what we saw last night was just, you know, issues of his first game back coming back from that knee injury because it wasn't pretty. Even when he got out there, I think on his first pl- first or second play out there, he got beat inside f- um, for a tackle for a loss or s- a very short game. And he just got blown up and it didn't get a whole lot better as the game went on. So hopefully we do get better from it. Hopefully what all this hype that was around him when we signed him get shown on there, even though I did feel when we signed him, that it was a little bit of an overrated of a signing, even though it was one year, 2.5 or whatever million. Like he's just, he he's fine as a starter. He's better inside than he is at tackle. I told, I've told Broncos country this story before, but I once said fine to a girl. I was, dating at the time and it wasn't like boy you're fine it was how do i look i'm like you look fine oh man was that 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 brought up the psycho in her quickly i should have known at the the, right then i should have run so when i hear fine this is 30 years later and i'm still triggered he was fine that's not a compliment but he said eric i liked what i saw from an athletic standpoint i thought his kickback and his his feet were really good. I, I really did. So as he gets up to speed, I think you're going to be in better shape. Uh, you know, just the speed of the game. It's been how long since he's taken live bullets for, but from a length and, and his, and his quickness and his athleticism, his feet dropbacks, getting out and, and, and stopping the, the wide rush. I, I did. I did like what I see, what I saw last night from Billy Turner. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't, like I said, it, it was fine. There were definitely a lot of issues with it. He shows, you know, he's got the athleticism to run the scheme that they want, that they haven't run it, been able to run. They can't do this outside zone with Cameron Fleming because Cameron Fleming doesn't have that mobility. He doesn't have the uh, quick feet to get outside for it. They at least have that in Billy Turner. So I'd like, so I think that as he kind of gets readjusted to being in the starting lineup, that we'll see more of that. And I do think that a lot of his issues was the fact that it was his first game back coming back from a knee injury. So of course it's going to be a little bit rusty. Same thing with Justin Simmons. He was rusty out there, but it should be a thing of, it was just their first game back getting the rust off. Uh, yeah. And Ryan Slavic coming on YouTube was not very pleased with what he saw from the offensive line. Another terrible loss. Uh, our line is trash. Russell still not looking like himself. Play calling is terrible. Average running game. Defense looks again good though, you know, and <clears throat> you know, I, I said this before, Eric, you know, when you're looking at the schedule, there's no automatic wins, but there's no automatic losses. It's it's gonna be an ugly, an ugly season. Um, I I just did not expect, I don't think anybody expected the offense to be this inept. It, it's you, you couldn't have. There's no way. And you know, I said that this, this season was gonna be much more fun just because it would be more wide open. On defense, I was right so far on offense, just it's been awful. It's been a trip to the dentist. Awful for a uh, you know a root canal. It's been horrible, painful yeah, and to we, watch. And I mean, we all we kept hearing throughout every single week. Oh, they just need time to put it get to put it together. They need time to put it together. The issue is is that they shouldn't be this bad. Even though there's a lot of moving parts to it, they shouldn't be this inept on offense. You do have a guy who is a veteran offensive coach in the NFL. Yes, he's taken on a new role as the head coach, but he shouldn't be this inept with the offense. You have a veteran quarterback who you're building the offense around. What they are doing is what he wants to do, and you're still this inept. It's Part of it is it's what he can't do that he wants to do, but that's a whole other discussion. So, yeah, it should take time to get everything together and put it and you know start seeing results, but it shouldn't, again, it shouldn't look this inept. It shouldn't take this long to at least get some decent play for a little bit. And that's the issue. As for the defense, that's the one of the few bright spots from last night's game. Playing a legit quarterback, they answered the call. Yeah, uh, especially 58, 59 throws. It was a record and keeping them under like 250 yards. Just phenomenal. I mean, sort of under 240. I mean, if you add 80 yards and pass interference, he's he's got bigger numbers. We can get into that as well. Um, but I want to get to Naj first. Naj, hey, brothers, with so much optimism even after last week, now feels like all hope is gone. The team doesn't have the mindset to overcome adversity. Realistically, where do you see this team going next year? The mindset is starting to turn. 
Um, it might not even be offense versus defense. It might just be everybody against administration. Um, Melvin Gordon, I'm not sure how much longer you're going to want to keep him around if he's not going to be playing. Uh, Jerry Judy was looking for a sympathetic ear over on the sidelines. He went straight to Melvin Gordon. If Melvin Gordon's not going to be carrying the ball, he doesn't need to be on the active roster because he's not playing special teams. So, um, you know, what what do you end up doing there? Because there's going to be some chirping going on in that locker room. Where do you go next year? Um, you've got the money to to make one or two signings on the offensive line that would make a world of difference, Eric. One or two guys in the interior, a competent center, and a competent left guard. And we're we're talking a whole new ball game for me, Eric. Yeah, I mean, you got to do something. You don't have the draft picks to go get a premium tackle. I'd like to see them add someone there, even if it's a developmental guy. And that's one issue that I've had with George Payton's drafting. We've been passing up on developmental tackle options, and a lot of them have come in earlier than expected and doing well. You got to fix that. You got to figure out a long-term solution at right tackle. Spending at guard, spending at left guard in particular, spending at center, those are two things that are musts, in in my opinion. Use what available funds you have. Go do that. And as for the chirping on it, like I wouldn't be surprised. Like I'm not saying that there's this locker room is completely tur- and turning in on itself. But there's, you're starting to hear the fissures coming out. You're starting mm-hmm. to hear them forming with what's being said. There's already been talk. I think it was Mike Kliss appeared on the, the Pro Football Focus podcast, and he was talking about how there are some in the locker room, locker room who don't particularly care for the special treatment Russ gets, which you can see a little bit on the sideline during games as well. Mm-hmm. And Melvin Gordon, I mean – Everybody kind of told him to suck it up after the he fumbled away the Raiders game while Russell Wilson goes and gets babied, like for lack of a better way to put it, after the Colts game with how bad he he played. So you're starting to see the fissures. There's something there forming with Jerry Judy. And despite how bad this wide receiver depth is, it's getting to that point of maybe you do need to look into trying to move Jerry Judy, getting something in return for him before he's just completely, all values just completely shot. Yeah, because you got you wouldn't pick up his fifth year option by any stretch at this point going in, um, and so yeah, what what do you get? And could it be an addition by subtraction at a certain point? Um, seeing him out wide pains me. Seeing him in an X trying to go for contested balls, I'm like, that's just not his game. Which again, Eric begs the question: Why was he drafted so high to begin with? He wasn't this athletic freak who you know you go and look at RAS. When I see a thinner wide receiver you know a slight build wide receiver man he better run like the wind you know and and change directions and catch everything near him or you know one of those elite things he's okay he's okay he's not the number two guy off the board middle of the first round type of take athletically so but you can get around that you know obj was never off the charts like that but he had body control like a you know like a ballerina was that was the first thing that came to mind he he can go up and, and and catch anything that's near him. His catch radius was twice his length because he he was just so good. Judy's not that guy. He's not catching the contested balls. He's good after the catch, uh, but he's you've got to scheme him open. You know you've got to you've got to get him open, and that's not going to happen one on one. Fade routes out on on the outside in contested balls. Gosh, yeah. love you, brother. Appreciate you coming in. Dave Glassman also coming in with some stars. Uh, on Facebook. Thank you, Dave, for kicking us off. And Andrew Lampy is down here as well. 
uh, who came in with some stars, some big stars this morning, buying the cup of coffee. He says, morning, guys. Thanks for being the only good thing about this team. Well, and defense, is it fire sale time? Andrew, that's a good question. Um, the fire sale has a couple of different components. One, do you have movable assets? Two, do you have movable assets whose contracts you can move? Um, those are the big two. And the answer for the most part on those is no, is, is no. Um, you know, I see, I, I kind of make this joke almost once. Now that the, the season's going this, I, I feel like I make this joke about once a, a show, but we have folks coming in. <clears throat> he's terrible. He's overpaid. He's old. And he's always hurt. Trade him. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't, you didn't do much of a sales job there, y'all, you know, one of those four is enough to not get anything back. Now, are you willing to take a loss in order to trade? You, you, you have to give up something you don't want to give up. I mean, that's that, that's how it works. You know, like two first round bath, draft picks and two starters. Um, that's how you make trades. Um, or you, you cut your losses and get something back. Jerry Judy is worth a middle round pick. Might be worth more to somebody that, who's willing to take a shot on him. And he might be worth more to you not being on the team. If he's going to, if he's, if, you know, I'm not saying he is causing problems, but as they kept panning to Melvin Gordon and they panned to Jerry Judy, I, you knew exactly what they were saying and it's yeah. not positive. So yeah. is it fire sale time? I don't know what you sell, Andrew. <laughs> I don't. And with Judy, I mean, he's one of the few assets I think that maybe you can look to sell. There's not many. I have a general rule of thumb. Get something for Chubb. Yeah. I have a general rule of thumb is that you typically want to try to find players that you're not going to bring back that are on expiring deals or maybe two years left that aren't super expensive and basically on their rookie deal. Most veterans, you're not going to look to move because they're too expensive. You can, but there's that's a whole other thing there. Judy and Chubb are what fit that, fits that category. Right. Judy, who has very openly over the, his first two years taken to Twitter to voice his frustrations, and then he backed that up the most infamous one was backing up his slamming of the coaching staff and the quarterbacks on Twitter with a game where he dropped five passes. Like that's not a way to go out there and, you know, sell yourself or even a way that the team can overcome it. And Bradley Chubb, he's this player that you want to keep because pass rushers are so valuable, but pass rushers are so valuable is why he has value on the trade market. Right. Those and are the only assets that are really movable. And he's not a guy that's going to want to come back. You know, that, yeah. that's the point. So, you know, I, I've said since the trade, I thought the Seattle Seahawks got really good value for a want-away 33-year-old quarterback. Bradley Chubb, at this point, you know, the way this is going, are any of your players, would they seek greener pastures? Yeah, they would. This isn't an environment. This isn't becoming an environment where they would want to stick around. Um, but you don't trade, you know, if it as long as they're good locker room presences, you've got some assets in your past two draft classes that you certainly don't want to give up. Baron Browning is playing like a star. He is playing like an absolute star, and it's not just going forward. He had a pass breakup, dropping into coverage. He had a play, it was gorgeous, where he 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 tried to make a like a, an outside move or whatever, going for the pass rush, and he kind of got stoned. Like, okay, you know, and you've only got, if you don't win on your first attempts, you're probably not, you have to get your head up. Do I get my hands up? What's going on? Well, it turns out he he then just goes ahead and picks up the the running back. I mean, it may have been Eckler, who's leaking out into the backfield. 
and and then makes a tackle instead of like you know just keeping his head down and going for a quarterback. He he, it's just the awareness, the awareness that I've yeah. seen from him off the ball. Oh, there it is, off ball away from his pass rush has been really, really good. Really, really good. He's been the Broncos. Him and Sertan have been the Broncos' two best players the last couple of weeks, Eric. Yeah, with one thing with Browning last year when seeing him play as a linebacker was you could tell there was a lot of thinking that he just seemed to not necessarily get lost, but the processing time took a little while there, and that was an issue he had in college. Putting him at edge, you're really cutting back on how much processing he has to do. And it's really you're reaping the benefits from it. I mean, his one play where he read the screen and made the tackle, which if he didn't make that tackle, that was probably a touchdown right there. Uh, That's probably what we're talking about. That wasn't an initial read. That was, I kind of didn't win my initial pass rush. How can I still make a positive play? Oh, that's maturity way beyond a second year guy. You know, and Eric, I've always said, you know, you get these Uber athletes who aren't necessarily great football players. And put him an edge and turn him loose and just say, go get the quarterback. <laughs> you got one job. Just go get yeah. this guy. Um, which Baron's athletic enough to do that, but now he's also showing more to his game. And God, it's fun to watch him play the game. I know, you know, the the game, the, the these are the kinds of things you look for. Trust me, I, I grew up in the 80s as an Atlanta Falcons fan. They had one winning season in the 80s, 1980. That was it. I was seven years old, so seven to 17, I didn't see a winning season. So you got to look for the little things as you are building your way back to where you want to be. Baron Browning is fun to watch week in and week out. I'm, I'm loving it. Wyatt Horning coming in with some stars. Appreciate you, Wyatt. He says, Wilson has been bad, but this showing uh, is, is showing to be on Hackett more and more. His play calls are bad. Route trees are horrible. I think the run game would improve if we tried something other than an inside handoff out of shotgun. Lots of issues and seems no urgency to fix them. Part of it is this stubborn ego and belief that helps get to where you are that what I am doing will work. I can't just turn around and bail on it. I have to stick to the process. And hey, if I don't, they'll pay me $40 million to leave. Um, so it is, it is, there's so there's so much going wrong on offense right now, Wyatt. I'm I'm with you on this. Yeah. A lot of the issues with offense and it's this it's this issue I have. How much of it is on Wilson? How much of it is on Hackett? Because what they're doing offensively is what Wilson wants to do. He wants to be Peyton Manning. That's on Hackett. Okay? I'm sorry. Eric. It is. I don't it is. This stuff. That's, on, that's on Hackett. At the end of the day, who's getting blamed for all this? Well, Wilson and Hackett. Wilson's got his $250 million contract. You're married to him for three years. Yeah. I'm not married to a coach. He doesn't hurt my salary cap. Hackett's ass is on the line. He could be gone tomorrow. Yeah. And if he doesn't stand up for himself, then he isn't worth a damn. And that's that's the thing is Hackett has to step up and say, what you want to do is not working. And we so we're gonna do things that I that I think we can do. They took this deep dive on the offensive side of the ball, and we just saw the same thing over and over again. The issues that do fall on Eric. The issues that do fall on Wilson is there are some good play calls in there. There are some good route combinations that are getting receivers open, and Wilson's locking onto one side of the field that shouldn't be his read, as he did in the final game against the Colts. 
or he's just missing a wide open receiver or tight end right in front of him, like he did on Greg Dulcich. And oh, it's man. not a situation Troy, where he Troy. couldn't see him. Eric, Troy I Aikman is usually pretty nice. Sorry to step on you like that. Troy yeah. Aikman's usually pretty positive about everything, not real negative. And he is like, he's like, dude, he's right in front of you. I don't yeah. know what you're looking at here. Just give him the ball. Like, eesh, Troy, you're not wrong. I mean, we they, they've got that spider cam right below <laughs> the helmet of the receiver to see what he sees. And here's, yeah. you know, here's Greg Dulcich. Right, you know, at first down, he turns around, he falls forward. You know, there's no one within him. First down. Oh, that one hurt, Eric. Yeah, and it's you don't have the excuse because against the Colts in that final game with KJ Hamler, there's a lot of people saying, "Oh, he couldn't see him because Graham Glasgow and Cameron Fleming are so tall." You don't have that excuse on this Dulcich miss, miss no. on that one that you're talking about with Troy Aikman. And there was another one later in the game that same thing. It opened up right in the middle, and Dulcich is breaking free right there with room to pick up more and Wilson just panics and ends up taking a sack, I think on both of those plays, like that's, that is what's on Wilson, but Hackett does have to step up and say, we got to do what you can do, which is more play action rollouts, which is one reason why Wilson wanted out of Seattle. He doesn't want to do it, but it's this issue of again, Hackett's the head coach. You got to step up and you got to be the head coach. Your quarterback can't Peyton decide. To quote, was this a Peyton Manning quote, Eric? You don't go, you don't go broke taking a profit. Was that because the first time I heard it was Chad quoting? I mean, he may not have come up with it. The first time I heard that was Chad quoting Peyton Manning, and it just it makes so much sense. It's like I don't have to be. I don't mind a greedy passer. <clears throat> you know, if I break containment, that's when I want to be greedy, man. I've got time. I've broken containment. Now I can start way down here and then work my way back to front uh, for my progressions and then eventually dump one out because I have more time generally. But man, when you're in the pocket, oh, I get that. Maria uh, Enriquez coming in here on Facebook, uh, showing us some love. I want to say thank you and good morning. Hope you are doing well. Um, Bama X, uh, good morning, Bama X. Says, our center is damn near the worst. Guards are eh and meh. Tackles are serviceable. Um I thought it was a decent back outing. The right side of the line I thought was better with Miners and Turner there from what I saw. I, I did think there was hope there. Um, Eric, I did a, a a a show yesterday where I highlighted a Falcons play. It was the second play of the game where I've had concerns about Drew Dahlman um, as far as being the weak leak on that line. And he's just getting, you know, he gets pushed back when there's somebody head up on him. He's getting pushed back three yards. So the line of scrimmage is getting set three yards behind him on a run and play or a sure pass play, just like that, right off the snap. It's every single play with the left side of your line. It's Reisner. It's Cushenberry. It was Glasgow. If 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 he was he wasn't necessarily getting pushed back, he just wasn't making contact because he was wasn't very mobile. But it's every single time that it's a third and long. There, there is no pocket, Eric. There, there is no pocket being set for the most part. And when it is, it's you have all these other issues with it. But I mean, Cameron Fleming, he's for what he is, he's all right. And what he is is he's a guy who should be your fourth string offensive tackle. He's thrust <laughs> into the starting job because Calvin Anderson. There's a reason Calvin Anderson got benched early in that game. He only Which, played like. He only played Which like 10 Nick snaps. Nick had been calling got- all, all week. He co- Nick called that all week. He goes, this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. He did. Yeah, 
it was expected that Cameron Fleming was going to get the start there because from what I've heard is Calvin Anderson has been absolutely terrible in practice. He had a terrible preseason. He was terrible in training camp and practices haven't gotten any better. Instead, they ended up going from what I understand. There was a slight little twinge with Billy Turner's knees. So they decided to hold them back unless they absolutely necessary. And Anderson was bad enough to where it was absolutely necessary, but Fleming did all right. Turner was rusty miners was real was miners was good but cushionberry and reisner consist continued to be extremely problematic and for weeks i talked about how graham glasgow wasn't the weakest link on the interior that doesn't that's not saying that glasgow was good he there's no arguing that he was good he did it was the best line, offensive lineman in not the last game but the two games prior um but cushionberry and reisner are just that much worse it's almost every every single play you're either seeing Reisner blocking with his shoulders because he doesn't get his hands up or on the ground, and Cushenberry almost every single play is getting pushed back into the lap of the quarterback on a passing play or being pushed around and eventually shed for a tackle for a loss or a short gain. Like It's just consistently issues there, and Denver doesn't want to do anything to fix it. Yeah, I don't care if the, if you're not comfortable with a six six center. How comfortable yeah. you are with a six three center that's in your lap when um, you're not even hitting the middle of the field, anyways. Yeah, like um, that's supposedly the reason, and you're not doing it. So, snarky user coming in, coming in green. Appreciate you, snarky user. You know that's should have been my name. Snark. I'm, I'm so full of snark. I've heard both ways that that snark is a sign of intelligence and a lack of intelligence. I prefer to go with the former myself. Uh, at this point, can we trust Peyton and company to make a dumpster file or sale decisions? Um, I still feel that the moves that George Peyton has made personnel-wise have been, for the most part, net positive. I, I do. I mean, I'm not going to just go ahead and I'm not going to regrade. You can regrade with hindsight. I'm not going to change what I said at the time. <clears throat> was, was I skeptical <clears throat> of getting a... Uber quarterbacks, offensive coordinator, who's not even calling plays. Yes. As your head coach. Yes. I was skeptical about that. And the reason why, as you know, Broncos country, because Josh McDaniels and Charlie Weiss were utter flops, horrible, embarrassing dumpster fire flops. Once they didn't have Tom Brady. Um, I learned, you know, learn, be careful on that. Um, the offensive line I've been critical of not addressing the right tackle when you've had the the means to do so for two years. But overall, I think George Payton has done a really good job in constructing this roster. Um, personnel-wise, personnel-wise. Right now, the, the the Nathaniel Hackett hire looks like it could be the torpedo that sinks your beautiful boat. You know, you, yeah, you did a beautiful boat. It looks great. But there's a giant, giant hole in the bottom of it, y'all. Um, so do I think snarky user, he could get good value if he decided that, Hey, we're going to start moving some guys. I, I do. I do think so. Peyton, speaking. Peyton has, Peyton has absolutely killed it with the draft. I still disagree with the process that led to drafting Patrick Sertan, but the results have been ex uh, extremely good. Like there's no denying that he has done a, he's done a good job there free agency and other decisions outside of the draft continues to be questionable from Peyton. And it's an issue of 
they had a chance to improve their right tackle position with multiple players, and they decided to go cheap getting two players that they knew had injuries. They knew Tom Compton was dealing with a back injury. They just didn't think it would be that severe. Same with Billy Turner and his knee, and then Calvin Anderson, betting on Calvin Anderson, taking this tremendous step forward. So these issues with Peyton are in, in free agency, and maybe something should be done there. That said, I haven't lost complete faith in him as a GM because of how well he's done drafting. And one coaching decision, which seems to be falling flat on its face, also doesn't ruin it for me. My issue with what he did with the coaching staff was completely letting um, Nathaniel Hackett go out and hire his friends to be the other coaches. That's right. where the issues, that's where my issues with that lie. I expected a Dom Capers on the staff and not like on the field, you know, yeah. as your, your defensive coordinator, I'll, I'll mention the Falcons again, uh, apologies, but Arthur Smith, first year head coach comes in and his defensive coordinator ends up being a legendary Dean piece, you know, get an old head in there, you know, let, you know, do it. it you needed a little bit of, you needed a little bit of back and forth. Um, defense looks fun, great. No problems there. Um, they had a more history of playing. Well, you're trying to bring up six years of bad on offense, but the offensive line has regressed so badly. Um, I like this, this comment from L Lawrence Rivera, Gordon is going to one out, but who wants him? It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Addition by subtraction. At some point, if he wants out, turn him loose. He walks into George Payton's office and says, hey, I want out. So, okay, here's your papers. Thank you. Goodbye. You, you cut him. You know, this, 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 this one's not hard. You, you cut Melvin Gordon. That one's not hard. And, you know, what can you get for him? A seventh, maybe? Get on the phone. Hey, you want a just seventh rounder? We'll kick in some money. We'll, 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 we'll pay you for us to take Melvin Gordon, send us a sixth. <laughs> he doesn't have any values on the last year of his deal, and he's a 30-something-year-old running back with, with fumbling issues right now. That's how you're, that's what you're trying to sell. So it doesn't matter who wants him. And on top of that is, I think that the Gordon's, you know, being problematic is a little overblown, but he's not shy of saying how he feels right? or making it clear how he feels. That's going to ruin what value there is anyway. So it isn't one of those issues where it is possibly, you know, you let him go and it's an addition by subtraction. You don't, there's nobody that's going to trade for him. Maybe a team that just suffered an injury at running back position that is a contender that has this other talent, the Supreme quarterback, to overcome a potential fumble. Maybe they might be interested for, you know, having Denver buy for a, buy a pick with him. Mm -hmm. But outside of that, it's, you just got to cut him. Six or seven, but yeah, if you don't want him anymore, <clears throat> who we do love, we love the Boogmeister coming in, uh, coming in green. He says, "What was it? Just me, or did it look like Dalton Reisner was having hearing problems half the time? He looked lost and didn't know what the play was." I think that's part of the protection, but it's also Boogmeister. One of the reasons why we were always so critical the first couple games of the season about the play clock getting wound down. You know, you're at you're at three seconds left, and your interior line is doing this and for those of you on radio listening after the fact on a pod i'm looking very frantically over my shoulder because i see dalton reisner in a two-point stance standing straight up looking back over his shoulder you know what's what's the count what's the call what's the protection i don't know what's going on that can get fixed if you're efficient with your play calling and getting in but yeah you know and you've got 20 seconds left on the clock you know you're, you're okay 
But when you're winding that down, it becomes very, very problematic. And it was an issue we saw earlier, Boog. And I've been critical of Dalton Reisner since I started working with Mile High Huddle two years ago. I'm like, this guy shouldn't get a free pass. He's just, he's not very good. Yeah, and a lot of the hope was that Denver returning to an outside zone scheme, which he was in his rookie year, where he had a fine rookie season, would be this boost for him. But I think it's he's beyond destroyed at this point. Going back to what I said about Hackett hiring his friends, Butch Berry is the one that comes to mind the most because you got rid of Mike Munchak because Mike Munchak doesn't like to coach outside zone schemes, but he's more than willing to do it because he went and helped install it in Minnesota. But you just got rid of him because you didn't want a potential problem on your offense with a veteran coach, and you have Butch Berry there. Like that, it's that a bunch of issues with it. That screams insecurity to me. Yeah, and Dalton Reiser. Some of his issues are because of Lloyd Cushenberry. They do a lot to help cover him. One of the sacks that um, that Russell Wilson took was because of how they set the blocking on the play because of they had to cover up for Lloyd Cushenberry's weakness. But Dalton Reisner's issues go far beyond that. His lack of usage is 100% on, or use of his usage of his hands is 100% on him. His inability to stay on his feet is on him. And it's not a situation where he's engaged with somebody else and another defender comes and pushes him down. No, the defender he's engaged with is just throwing him to the ground. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that one where he, 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 I thought he was going to get called. It was on a pass. Was it to 87 with Tomlinson? A nice back hip. I thought they were going to call him for tripping because he got run over so bad. And he like reaches up and tries to grab his ankles uh, yeah. going by that Reisner has been a problem. Who's not a problem? Phyllis. Phyllis, it feels like a, a new name coming in. So we appreciate you coming in and showing some stars. So thank you very much, Phyllis, for the support, um, for the support coming in. Um, I had something I wanted to hit on real quick when we were talking about uh, Cushenberry, Reisner. I feel like I've jumped on them way too much. Um, how about Greg Dulcich? He's bigger than I was expecting. Uh, I thought he was listed at like 6'3", 240 or something. He, he looks bigger than that when he's out there. Um, but getting two nice completions, you know, we talked about, can he make an impact? And I said, yes, teach him the route tree. I don't need him to be, uh, an all-in-one tight end yet, but he can be a big weapon to help. He didn't get targeted again after the first quarter until the last drive in the fourth quarter. Eric, explain that one to me like I'm a six-year-old. Well, I mean, one of the plays, again, Wilson had him open, and he saw him. You see, you can see Wilson look at him, and he just looks off of him. And that came in, I think, over time. It was a chance for a first down late in the game. Might have been the fourth quarter. Dulcich looked extremely good. He was one of the promising guys. I think a couple of the rookies looked extremely promising. He was one of them. His blocking was an issue, which there's no surprise there. It, and if you watched him in college, you knew that blocking was going to be a bit of an issue. But it's not as bad as Albert Okway, but I'm, and he's at least showing his ability on offense to be a weapon. Mm -hmm. At least he showed it, which we haven't really seen from Albert Okway, but I'm. So, I mean, that right there, that's why you have Albert Okway, but I'm inactive. Um, Dulcich is promising. He definitely looked like he spent some time in the weight room as well because he definitely looked a little bit bulkier than he did, even from the rookie mini camps and everything when we saw him um, dressed up and everything. He looked a little bit bigger. 
Real point though, I remember the point I was going to make and then I'll move on is I, I get t- from bashing the offensive line, at least for a little while. The, the, the scheme dependent guys, I'm not interested. You know, it's like, oh, well, he's better in this scheme. Okay, better in this scheme. He, well, he better be good in all schemes. I don't, yeah. if you're scheme dependent, you're not good enough. I, I don't, I don't care. You know, we've, we've yeah. talked about that a little bit. Nick and I went on that with, uh, you know, Pat Sertan. Well, I don't know that he fits in the scheme. Schemes change. Schemes change year to year, week to week at a certain point. And if I've got a guy that is scheme dependent, then he's not good enough. Um, I, I want, I need athletes. It's a mm. bigger, faster, stronger game. Now, will guys be better in different schemes? Of course, of course. Don't get me wrong on that. But I, I don't need a guy. If, if a guy is completely irrelevant in this scheme, he's not good enough. Yeah. So, with that, in when it, when I scout for the draft and everything, if ever the term comes up like scheme limited or scheme diverse, they'll get a they'll get a bump for being scheme diverse, whereas they'll take a little hit for being scheme limited because things always change. I mean, everybody was expecting Denver to run a lot of zone coverage. They're predominantly been predominantly man the last two years, and that is one thing is like we haven't really seen Sertan fully in a zone scheme. But so we can't say for sure how um, diverse he is. But when we have seen it, it's been promising. Yeah, and he should, so he should be okay. I mean, zone. Yeah. You go to zone to, to to make up for lack of one v one ability. Mm-hmm. You know, if I've got a guy that stands out and man, he'll be okay in zone, especially a corner where I've got a limited area to to cover, as opposed to you know, um, you know, in the slots in the slots where it's coming at you from. 10 different directions. You know, I've got the sideline as my best friend yeah. in his zone on the as a corner. And um, I think it was Cody Alexander last year who he had a great article. Dude's absolutely brilliant. Um, he was talking about Denver with their coverages and especially with how it per, uh, pertains to Patrick Sertan. And it was they were playing a lot of they're putting him in a single man matchup, whereas the rest of their defense was running zone because he could be trusted in that. And that is something that with other corners Vic Fangio had, you couldn't really trust them in those 1v1. So you saw a lot more zone from them. And we, so you don't, you shouldn't have Derek, to worry about that with Sertan. We saw Ronald Darby as a pretty good football player. Yeah. We saw that too. You know, we, we talked about, you know, was he maybe a little bit overpriced and he could be susceptible to, you know, a salary cap move next year. He's a pretty good football player. Pretty good friend of the show is Naj Altoff coming in orange again. I've always been a big fan of Wilson going back to Wisconsin. NC State. He's not only uh, earning his salary, getting perceived preferential treatment will cause division. Now with another injury, it's best to, is it best to set him down into the buy? Depends on how injured he really is, and the preferential treatment is okay if you're earning it. Um, mm-hmm. He doesn't have that capital built in uh, with the Denver Broncos. He's just he has a name, but then he's just another one of the guys when he came into the Denver Broncos. You know, when I'm you're coming into my team. I'm Justin Simmons. I'm Bradley Chubb. This is my team. You don't come in here and and then you start acting like you own the place unless you own the place. You yeah. come in here and throw 400 touchdowns and you know 400 yards and five touchdowns. We'll 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 look away. I always just think of the I reference this line all the time from uh, Bull Durham. You know you got sh- you got fungus on your shower shoes. If you win 20 in the show, the press will call you colorful. Until you win 20 in the show, it means you're a slob. So he comes in and puts up 15 wins and, you know, does all of these things. The press will call you colorful. 
until then you're a diva and it's not i can see where it would it would could could start causing problems naj i'm I'm with you on this one appreciate the suit for the uh, the big super and all the support as always yeah and we know that wilson had this had some of these issues of rubbing teammates the wrong way because it was an issue in seattle and they were a lot more vocal about it especially there at the end because it had just worn completely through the patients with him he gets his preferential treatment without fully earning it he thinks that this is coming out of seattle and everything that their super their um success they had was because of the run game and the defense whereas he did just enough that he wasn't this elite quarterback but he he got treatment like he was a, one of these elite quarterbacks and right. we're sitting here in denver somebody had this comment here in the chat is all the excuses or not not excuses everything we're saying about denver now the bad offensive line play the receivers not getting open the play calling that was said in seattle for years same issues like so it's at some point you got to look at the quarterback and be like that's partially you and here he is getting this preferential treatment got this huge contract without ever playing a snap has his own team sitting there being part of those whole process has an office inside the building and there's other players who have been in Denver, putting the work in, in Denver, have earned a little bit of that right to have some special treatment. And they can't have their own guy be around them even for a little bit because they're not Russell Wilson. And that's where some of this issue and divide in the locker room is starting to form. Yeah, and I agree. And it's not necessarily, you know, there's a comment in here. He's not a bad guy. I think it's from Little Rant, Little R Rand Man. He's not necessarily a a bad guy or a bad quarterback no none of that but when things start going badly is when you start seeing the division and the little things it's like the you know what are you really mad about i'm not mad that you didn't pass it to me i'm mad about this you know those are the kind of things that start to stack up when when things start going going um badly and lawrence rivera coming with some big time stars appreciate you lawrence he said i wouldn't trust peyton to rebuild us with a 20-foot pole I, I'd still, I'm still willing to give Peyton the benefit of the doubt. I'm interested to see if it continues along this line. Two and four, six games, multiply that by three. We're talking six and 11. Hackett's gone. He, he's got to yeah. be. So you get one more so, shot at it. You get one more shot at this. We didn't put two, we didn't put a quarter billion dollars into this. We didn't just spend $5 billion. We're not doing all these things to be six and 11, not with the expectations that were coming in uh, to regress from Vic Fangio. Um, I'd give him, I'd give him another year. I'd let him, I'd let him get one more head coaching hire. But if it continues on this line where two and four becomes six and 11, it's a one and done one more chance. And as Cristiano says, appreciate you, Lawrence, as Cristiano says, Hey, this is easy. Y'all down in <laughs> Brazil. Appreciate you, Cristiano. Easy fix for the 2023 offseason. Just fire Hackett, Alton, Barry and, and Kubiak bring in competent offensive staff, Elevate Evero to head coach. Focus on the draft and free agency and plugging three holes, left guard, center, and right tackle. Viola, playoffs. Sounds easy to me, man. Sounds easy to me. We <laughs> should all try it. No, the, the 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 big problems are fairly easy to spot. Fixing them is not so easy. You think yeah. you've got it fixed. Okay, we've got a curmudgeon -y, I don't like football players or anybody head coach. We'll bring in a very team-friendly, and it was an overcorrection. Um, you know, it's, it's not always that easy. This isn't, this isn't Madden. You know, these are, these are human beings we're dealing with and they're volatile, not just Viola, but volatile. Yeah. 
Um, talking about Peyton, this leads me to an opinion that I have, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. If things don't get better with this offense and George Peyton decides to, or, and Hackett doesn't get fired, do you have George Peyton tied with it, tied with Nathaniel Hackett for next season? As in he gets, an, Hackett gets another year. If it, things still don't work out, does George Peyton then go to? Uh, the second year, yeah. If 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 you if you miss it t- twice, because um, that would be if it's this and you bring him back, then you're you're hitching your wagon to Nathaniel Hackett. Okay, mm-hmm. you've got a chance. You know, kind of like Shermer. You know, you want to get rid of Shermer? No, you don't. Okay, well, you two your two fates tied together. Um, yeah. so, and, and, and if you finish again, Hackett comes back if Hackett comes back if you win six out of your eight last eight games. You know, even if you finish eight and nine and you win six out of, you know, you, you will lose a couple here. You're, you see rock bottom. It looks like two and six, but then you turn around, you go six and two to finish it. And I'm, my math's still off. I'm missing a game in there. 17 games <laughs> is just killing me, Eric. Um, and, uh, you know, then maybe, you know, eight and nine sure. might, you might survive it. Um, but right now we're on that one and done with this new environment in Denver Broncos. We're on that path. Stash coming in on Twitch. Appreciate you, Stash Branding. He says, I don't agree with Hackett's calls being bad. They were the first few weeks. The last few weeks, well-balanced, open wide receivers. This is on Diva Russ and the offensive line. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around, Stash. I, I agree. Um, and not being in the headset, I think. I'm I'm, I'm almost willing to give, because Hackett's so freaking likable, I, I kind of want to give him the benefit of the doubt, but... If it comes down to, well, you're being overridden by your quarterback, then that's a problem. You know, yeah. I'm trying to do the things to appease my quarterback. You're you're the charge. You're the 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 head man in charge. And if you don't have the stones to be the guy in charge, you're in the wrong position. You know, and I, I, I get it. I never wanted to be the number one. I always like being the guy behind the guy. I didn't even see my name in lights. I get it. That's That's part of it. But you try and empower other people. And I'll be rewarded for it as it goes. I understand that. But when you're the head coach, you know, there's been enough rumblings around here of trying to appease and do this the way your quarterback wants. It's it can be a problem. That that is that isn't just well, this is on Russ and the offensive line. First rule of management, Eric, whose fault is it? <laughs> Managers. Yeah. yeah. And as you said, Hackett is a likable guy. I want to see him turn around because he is one of those people that he's just got this infectious personality that you kind of want to root for. But the issue is, is that's why he got hired. They didn't want to go with Dan Quinn. They decided to go with Hackett as the Jaguars are pressing in on him because he was this likable guy. He would bring fun and energy back to this team after Vic Fangio drained it. That Dan to me is to be fair. Dan Quinn is essentially that guy he is a player coach to a fault he is a players love him but he's defense yeah and Hackett got Hackett was this guy that was very fun Jaguars started coming in and Dan Quinn is this defensive guy where the focus was on getting an offensive guy his players like him and some players there have been some players that have come out and spoke about how he's a little rougher on the edges about how he's a little bit more um he's not as loose as Hackett is, I guess I would say. Not as hard as 
Fangio, not as loose as Hackett, and they wanted the complete opposite of Fangio, which led to Hackett getting hired with the Jaguars coming in, breathing down their neck. And it's one of those things of like, I get it, and you just shouldn't be hiring a head coach simply mainly for that reason. And that is it's problematic and we're seeing the issues here because he wants to be that likable guy. He doesn't want to tell the quarterback who has all the money to of, yeah, we can't, we got to do it my way. He doesn't have the cojones to sit there and run the team as he should be because of this issue. And as a first year head coach, he's not, like I said, some of the snacks of insecurity. I'm hiring a coach for the coaches. Some of it's, sm- I don't want the veteran around. I'm going with all new guys. Some of that smacks of insecurity. Bryce coming in. Were all of the pass interference, all four of them, uh, on Mathis, the right call? Looks like many of those were uncatchable. No, they weren't all the right call. Um, there was one in particular that was great coverage um, that, that was in the first half. The one they gave to Kareem Jackson at first. Kareem Jackson <laughs> just shaking his head. Well, Mathis should have been shaking his head too. That wasn't pass interference. To be fair, um, the deep shot up the right sidelines to the end zone was borderline that one could have gone either way on the first drive where the 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 chargers ended up uh posting we want to talk about mike williams shut down pat sertan this this and this was he though or was i just getting 300 yards just targeting mathis you know so you know i'm willing to to hedge on that one just a little bit no but no all those weren't on him and he'll get better He'll get better. I saw some good things in there. It won't, but the problem is, is I swear to you, I swear to you, Eric, when you start getting that label, you get a PI every freaking game. Mm-hmm. Do not get the benefit of the doubt. And hopefully he can go some games without that because the the uh you you get seen and you get that label, and the rest will be like, Oh, it's him, it's it's two seven, it's gotta be PI. And they just start throwing the flags. I swear they do. Gary Lee's Palmer throwing some uh super chat. Uh, he's been struggling on Facebook a little bit, so he made the hard journey over to YouTube and is uh, is taking care of us on that side of things, too. Um, Tim Hoffman coming in. Appreciate you, Tim. I still enjoy not seeing all the intercepted throws from the quarterbacks this season. This season is just training. It's over. Let the team build chemistry, work on play calling, going deep in the book. The offensive play calling needs to get way better. That was a joke the second half, but again, Russin doesn't throw so many damn interceptions. Not throwing very many catchable balls, period, is the problem. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a it's problematic when you're pretty good frequency overthrowing Cortland Sutton, who's got a pretty good catch radius. But I'm actually I am with you with that. I would rather see this slop than the interceptions. Um simply because you know turnovers aren't good. Like it just puts when you're turning the ball over consistently, that's just adding to you the reason why you're going to end up with a fracture between your offense and your defensive side of the ball. At least this way, you're not forcing your defense to be on the field more frequently because you're turning the ball over. So it's a little bit easier to swallow. And going back on Mathis real quick, when you mentioned about getting that label of the guy, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. So those calls, like the one that... I think was just great coverage. Like you're going to get that call. The ones where you could go either way, which I I agree with you. That one call that he got, they called it. I'm not upset. They called it. If they didn't call it, I wouldn't be upset that they didn't call it, but he doesn't get, he doesn't get those anymore. Those are all going to be flags. So you got a couple more games before that label 
you know, really sticks. And it's on Mathis to get that around. He did show plenty of flashes that I think it was that fourth down pass breakup he had was just a tremendous play by him. And that one we referenced, well, that they the one they called on Kareem, that was a third down play. It was a phenomenal yeah. play. You know, he was so we, we saw plenty there. Uh, speaking of new guys, um, Allie's coming in on Facebook and Allie is pissed. <laughs> uh, again, zero offense, clueless coach, and Wilson is a bust. Another wasted season and millions of dollars. Well, it's it's tough. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna even try and talk you down from this one. Go ahead and vent. Let it out. <laughs> That's what we're here for, Allie. Uh, appreciate you being here on Facebook and join us and joining us. Uh, we will talk about some things to look forward to. We have some of the young players, you know, Baron Browning, Pat Sertan, some of the building blocks coming in. Um, but yeah, it's I'm not gonna try and talk. this this is Monday, the morning after. Let it out. That's what we're here for. And another positive talking about young players. I thought Matt Henningsen looked really good. He's been playing sparingly over the first few weeks. And I thought that when he was out there on the field, he played well. But we finally got to see the splash plays from him. He got that sack, which I haven't seen the sack. I missed it when watching it live. Um, busted, I liked what I saw. I, was it? it? Was a, But he was laughing about it. He was like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> But at least we saw the splash race from him. I'm excited for him. I like the draft pick. He was one of the guys that when we got the combine list, he was one that I was like, his name not being on this list makes zero sense. I think he ended up with a third round grade for me and we got him in the sixth round. And I don't get why he was viewed so low in the NFL because he showed these plays. He's a hustle guy. And I guess that explains it. Hustle guys don't get as much love as athletes. But he's There's not a bad athlete. Hustle guys that we won't get into right now. <laughs> but uh, I, I like what he's that's, that's code for what? Uh, <laughs> anyway, sorry, Eric. Not the ATF coming in $5 green. Appreciate you, not the ATF. He says, Packers are looking for a wide receiver. Get Jerry out. Sadly, they probably want a wide receiver that doesn't drop passes. Dang. He's not dropping a ton. You know where – what? what he could use. And I've said this before is because he's still super young. I mean, he's still younger than Calvin Ridley was as a rookie with the Atlanta Falcons. He's that uh, he's young. And some of these guys come in a little bit more mature than others for one reason or another. And some of them never grow up. Some of them are still 30 year old man children. Um, but Aaron Rodgers would take him by the scruff of the neck and be in charge. There's no question who is in charge on that field. Um, he, that is his, I mentioned that it's like Russ comes in with kind of that attitude a little bit, you know, we're going to do it this way, blah, blah, blah. And he hasn't earned that with the Denver Broncos yet. Aaron Rodgers has it be yeah. with the Packers. You know, this is my team. This is where we're going to do it. Or I'm going to toss your ass into the, into the, uh, you know, we're going to do a Lambo leap that you ain't coming back from. <laughs> and, and Judy could use some of that. You know, I think he, he could, so that might not be a bad fit if you're looking for, Maybe come in with a you know a a a third rounder or so, and you get a team that that goes like that. I think Jerry still has a future in this league for sure. It just just might not be in Denver, Eric. Yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I remember pre-draft somebody was talking about it. Might have been Mel Kiper. Um, they were talking about Jerry Judy, and they're talking about things that they were hearing from about him that he's kind of has this little has this ego to him, and that he kind of just needs. He's going to have a little bit of a rude awakening to the NFL, but he needs it. And what you're saying just remind reminds me of that. And 
He hasn't had that in Denver. Teddy Bridgewater, Drew Locke, all these quarterbacks that we've had, they haven't had, you know, the NFL play that can really do that. And Russell Wilson hasn't earned it yet. But yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, there's no question about it. Aaron Rodgers can go in there, grab him by the scruff of the neck, knock him down a peg, essentially, and get him going and potentially improve. And that is what Judy needs. He doesn't even have it from the coaching staff either, which is a little interesting with Zach Azani. I think Zach Azani is a really good receivers coach. And the fact that we haven't been able to get Judy to be, you know, this consistent player, granted injuries, and have him knock down a peg, same with Cortland Sutton being in there is a little interesting, but that is what Judy does need. Yeah, most of the guys, they they don't mind leadership. They'll take to it. And if, if you're a little bit immature and there's a void in leadership, you'll see acting out. I mean, it's 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 crazy to say this, but it's not that much different than, than kids and dogs, honestly. It's basic behavior. You ever, you know, your kids who, you know, are used to you and they know you're not going to bust their butts too much. You know, I try to put the fear in them early so they'll listen. And then you go and you watch these kids who are running around like crazy around your house. You go to school and the teachers have them lined up like little ducklings. You know, <laughs> they, they don't mind the process. They don't mind the, you know, I think Jerry Judy would be like, all right, I know my place. I appreciate the direction. Let's get this. <laughs> Cristiano's coming in from Brazil with the Real coming in and he's getting it. He says, immediacy and anger aside, still see good roster foundation to feel good about the next couple of years. The season is done though. Appreciate all the work, guys. Yep, yeah, from I agree with this. Again, I, I I said it earlier. I'll repeat it before we get out of here because we're getting we're getting close. We just knocked over an hour mark. Two in, two interior linemen changes this team dramatically. You know, two competent interior linemen, and this is an entirely different team. And that's not that hard to come by. Those guys are cheap and they're available in the middle rounds. A third round pick, I can find a starter at center. I, I can find a starter at guard in the third round. I've got plenty of salary cap room to find two starters on free agent market. I can do it. And there's a lot of good young pieces to, on this team. And better offensive line play will get better quarterback play. The scary thing for me is, 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 is Hackett competent at all? Will he be? Does he grow into a competent head coach or not? And if he doesn't, then the rest of it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's that that's the issue is I to you can look at the offensive line there's two clear holes not saying the rest of the unit's doing good but you can look at it almost every single play and point to the issue either being Lloyd Cushenberry or Dalton Reisner they drafted Luke Wattenberg who hey at least it's a shot at improving it it sent a message that Lloyd Cushenberry has to step up my fear is is that they're going to bet on this fifth round pick or sixth round pick whatever he was to come in and replace Lloyd Cushenberry if he fails I think they need to start that process now. And honestly, Graham Glasgow should get first shot because I don't trust Luke Wattenberg just yet. And that's not because I trust um, Graham Glasgow. I just think Graham Glasgow is slightly better as Lloyd Cushenberry or would be slightly better as a center. You got to go out there and spend because you're not going to be able to rely on a premium pick because you don't have it. You can find both a center and guard later in the draft. Which, hey, that's a, that's an area that George Payton has done pretty well over his first two years. Granted, the sample size is a little small. And this year is a pretty solid draft class on the inside. Not great, but it's pretty solid. And there's definitely options there that they got to dig deep to find. 
And if you don't want to do that, go out there and spend because there's some quality free agents at those positions yeah. as well. Yeah, there's again, if, if you're okay at the top, that's the bigger question, really. And Shandy coming in, Shandy Brace says, Good morning, fellas. Was really hoping this was a year we stepped out of the dumpster fire, but it feels like we're just jumping off the high dive into uh over the seven years. And the problem, I think, is you got your hopes up higher. You know, it's like, okay, you know, we suck again. That's one thing. You get used to that where you don't get so angry, but with the elevated hopes became an elevated spotlight. So you've been on prime time. You've been on the national games, what, four out of your six games, five out of your six games, and it makes it tougher for you. I, I get it, Shandy. I absolutely understand. I'm going to get rid of this bot who's coming in late. I swear <laughs> if you break 60 minutes, that might be Chad telling us it's time to get out of here. You break 60 <laughs> minutes, the, the bots start finding you. So on that note, I uh, want to get us out of here. Um, I can run through some of these goodbyes here. Let me uh, let me hit some of them. Um, you can follow us on Broncos for Breakfast, BFB underscore pod, and the main account on Mile High Huddle on Twitter. Uh, you can find your merch. I'm going to get these back into the merch store. They're sweet, the Broncos for Breakfast mugs, but there's all kinds of stuff in there at huddleup.com. Hit us up on Apple Podcasts. Leave your football ball fans your your mile high huddle guys it says priest here i'm the deacon supposedly uh but bring us a, a five-star review for a chance to win some swag from that huddle up dot huddle up pod.com store and uh as always like subscribe and share when you come in there were a ton of people watching we were over 300 most most of the day some new eyes so make sure you're hitting that like subscribe and share and before i get out of here naj is going to close us out today Stepping in for Ethan, who's on the uh, who's on assignment, our normal closer. Naj says the Justin Simmons press conference after the game was the most down I've ever seen him. I get it. I felt exactly the same way. The defense can't do more. What can the offense do, if anything, to improve? Personnel-wise, I think it got better. I think it got better this week. You had four new starters in there, basically. Billy Turner, Quinn Miners, Latavius Murray, Greg Dulcich. That's significant, Naj. It really is. And this was our first time out there. And I think all of those guys can help, Eric. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the personnel, and it wasn't a thing of, and despite the issues, there was plenty of promise and poise and, you know, potential, the flashes, those were there. It's just a matter of putting it all together. But my issue is that we've been saying that for a few weeks. We've been seeing the flashes. The passing game only works on busted coverage and luck. Um, and it's just a matter of getting that fixed. And how do you do that? Don't see how exactly without a drastic shakeup on the offensive line. And real quick, before we get out of here, um, somebody pointed this out to me on Twitter. I guess Melvin Gordon has a bunch of like tweets since we were talking about him a little bit of basically saying he should demand a trade. So <laughs> that's, you know, that's noteworthy. Yeah. Again, I don't demand a trade. You, I mean, he he's a I, he's still a, a talented running back. He's a, a good running back. Naj, I'm gonna click off here and, and say goodbye. But your know your value. You know, yeah. if you go in and demand a trade, say oh, we'll give it 48 hours, but we're probably just gonna we're gonna release you. Um, he I think his deal was one year for the most part guaranteed, but it's not it's not any money. It's it, some of it was incentive incentive based. It's like two million dollars. We're halfway through the season million dollars in dead cap hit no big deal i mean if you want him gone that's an easy one that's an easy one yeah. and on that note 
It's real easy for us to get gone too. I just have to hit this end broadcast button up here and then we'll see you tonight. Um, Nick is out for the next three days. So tonight, I believe on building the Broncos, it will be Carl and Luke tonight. And I'll be in the background for y'all tonight. Um, so to, to channel my inner Nick, I just want to say thanks everybody for being here. As he would say, choose compassion and choose kindness. And he would definitely finish with a go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.